Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hey, it's Friday. Happy anniversary to me. <laughs> Happy anniversary to me. Happy anniversary to me and Marita. Happy anniversary to me. So this is your anniversary? Absolutely. Now, is this the anniversary for like your wedding or your first date or... Wedding, yeah. Six months together. 27 (laughs) years. Oh, it's been a little longer than six months. A little longer than six months. Yeah, yeah. 27 years ago. Congratulations, man. You know, I made one of the best decisions of my life. Marita's still questioning. On April 15th, you did that. Dude, so back in college, you know, taxes were done very, very early. April 15th kind of meant nothing Mm -hmm. when we we decided to get married and... um, I was just like, oh, this is the day we can rent the place. Let's do it. Yeah. And it wasn't until the next year we realized, <laughs> oops. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's brilliant. Sometimes spirits aren't always that high on April 15th, but you guys always have something to celebrate. Yes, yeah. That's that's yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. That is so, cool. Well, yeah. happy anniversary to you and Marita. Thank you Send very you much. all my love, all my best. I appreciate that. We've yeah. got a special day coming up in two days, though, also. Yeah, it's going to be April 17th, which we've been working towards and praying for for weeks here at Livingston. Yeah. Uh, April 17th at 10 a.m., we're going to have a special service where we are bringing friends inviting our friends the message that day is the beginning of our faith well so so the folks who've gotten to listen all week mm-hmm. they're like okay we've heard this but for folks who are listening for the first time today i do want to share it's a special lesson lots and lots of people who are st- spiritual religious whatever we hear a whole lot of people this ca- this is the catchphrase deconstructing yeah deconstructing yeah i'm not sure if what i believe is true i gotta pull it apart and examine it and get rid of all the bad stuff well i listen a lot of times when i would hear that phrase deconstructing it would upset me but i finally realized actually that's what we need to do let's pull it apart let's examine it piece by piece the problem is there's too many people that aren't reconstructing yeah, it's like someone cool. that starts a house remodel project and all they do is all the demolition and then they just leave it there Instead of taking the pieces yeah. and rebuilding a house they can actually live in. So we want to we want to rebuild the house you can actually live in based on truth. And let's let's go ahead and examine it. And so the beginning of our faith, it is going to be anchored in the resurrection yeah, because that is the beginning of our faith. So that's what's going to be happening this Sunday. Uh, if if you're, you know, listening to this when it actually drops. Well, on April 15th. you know, and, and even for folks, you know, that maybe uh, maybe they're not as far down the path of deconstruction. But there's been a lot of stuff going on that people have just not risked maybe going out to worship somewhere this Sunday, man, come out to Livingston. Yeah. We'd love to see you. We'd love to see you. So anyway, that's at 10 a.m. If you need the address and uh, some of the other particulars, go to our website, www.christiansmeethere.org. We would love, love, love to see you. As it is Friday, of course, it's always a good Friday on Text Talk. Always a good Friday. But we are continuing and wrapping up discussion of Galatians chapter 4, and Paul uses a big word in Galatians 4. Allegory? Allegory. Allegory. Yeah, so an allegory is a story mm-hmm. where you're, you've got characters or you've got... Oftentimes, allegories in our literature usually have to do with like animals and things that yeah. actually represent yeah. other stuff. So like you've got so the it, allegory uh, of the tortoise and the hare. And you've kind got, of symbolic language, yeah. a kind of metaphorical language. But he's, he's actually going to take a passage from the Old Testament and say, mm-hmm. well, let's look at this because what happens there is actually paralleling what I'm talking yeah. about. And so that's, that's, so that's this, what we're going to do. These, these historical realities from Scripture that the people know of, and particularly those who have that Jewish background, and then take these 
spiritual lessons yeah. and, and laying them bare for us. So here it is. This is going to be hear the it. rest of the chapter. Galatians 4, 21 through 31 ESV. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She's Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does, does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now, you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. This is one of those times where I wish we had the camera because it might be helpful to draw a little chart out with two columns yeah it could be have a have the you know the two covenants or the slave and free these a lot of these words that we've been talking about and concepts through the third chapter and the fourth chapter they all end up here together yeah paul says hey you guys who are wanting to go back to the law do you even listen to the law yeah remember the story in the law Uh, remember what happened when abraham actually had two different children but not all of abraham's children were actually free not all of them were heirs Mm -hmm. Some of them were slaves, Mm -hmm. which really there's kind of a subtle message here. You you know, what's happening is these guys are teaching you go become Abraham's children by going to the law. I'm telling you, if you become Abraham's children that way, you're not actually becoming an heir. You're just becoming a slave. Right, right. Like Hagar's son, Mm -hmm. Ishmael. Ishmael. So we, we, we start off with that picture. Then we move along and he says, now this can be interpreted allegorically. We could spend, I have no doubt hours and hours and hours talking about, well, okay, now how can we study the Bible allegorically? And I think when we get bogged down in that part of the discussion, I don't think Paul was trying to give us a rule for how to interpret the Old Testament. Okay. I don't think Paul was Fair trying enough. to give us a class in how to study the Bible. I think he's making a point. And this means is the way that makes the point. He says, this drives it home. Yeah. Let me tell you a story that mirrors what we're dealing with now. And he says, just as there were children of Abraham that were mm-hmm. actually slaves. You guys trying to become children of Abraham this way, you're just becoming slaves. And it is not a good picture. So we've got the two sons. Mm-hmm. One is the son of promise. That's Isaac. Uh, Ishmael, of course, is the son of the bondwoman. You've got slavery. Mm-hmm. But but he doesn't limit itself just to that account because he takes other things like Mount Sinai, right? And here's the mountain where the law Law comes from and and Moses comes from. Mm -hmm. But instead of that being, uh, you know, cast in a a light of deliverance, Mm -hmm. he says here that that is also the path of the slavery. Right. So you've got this law that was given at Sinai, the mountain there, but you've got the new Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And Paul, this this is an interesting thing because I think the Jews who are hearing this they might be a little bit upset to, to hear the idea that, well, we're going to take the mountain where the law was given yeah. and make it the central mountain of the law rather than Jerusalem itself, because they've always viewed Jerusalem as the central location. Yeah. And he says, no, no, Jerusalem is actually about the new Jerusalem, which is Christ's church, which is those who yeah. have come to Jesus 
uh, through his death, through his blood, having been baptized into him, as we had at the end of Galatians chapter 3. And he says, those who are going back to the law, they're actually going back to Sinai. Yeah, They're going back to Sinai. And now think about the subtle picture that there is there as well. God brought the Jews from Sinai into Jerusalem. Uh, imagine yeah. the Jews throughout all their years, if they had decided, you know what, we don't like Jerusalem, we're going to go back to Sinai. Wasn't going to work, was it? It was not going to work for them. And he's saying that that's, that's again, that's like that's yeah, what you guys are doing. It's like you've come to Jerusalem. You've come to the house of God. You've come to his mountain. You've come to his place. You did it through Jesus Christ. Right. If you're going to go back to the law, you're actually going back to Sinai. You're going away from God. Yeah. You're not drawing closer to him. And I think this is what's so important because I know that the, that the reason this is appealing is that sense of, I want deeper spirituality. I want a yes. deeper relationship with God. I want even deeper Christianity. And boy, I think if I add these things in, it is going to make me deeper and more knowledgeable and, and more godly. I mean, after all, God was on Mount Sinai. Sure, how, how, sure. How, it is easy to understand why someone would think, I become more godly by going to Sinai, where, where God's voice shook the mountains, where yeah. there was the cloud and there was the lightning. But even in the story of Israel itself, going back to Sinai was not the thing to do. Yeah, it was not the option. I think about the story of the son of promise and Isaac and how in Genesis 22, Abraham was called upon to offer him as a sacrifice. And where does he take him to? He has to take him to Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah is the place that um, traditionally is where the temple stood and yeah. even the altar of the temple stood there. It is Zion. It yeah. is the place where Jerusalem ended up. And that then becomes the the type yeah. for God giving his son and making his provision there in Mount Moriah, in the Mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Uh, and so you've got, you've got these two pictures, and you want to pursue sonship, the son of promise, the blessing, the heir, all these things that we've been talked about sort of all come together in this picture. Which is found not in Sinai, but in the New Jerusalem, the New yeah. Zion, Mount Zion, where Jesus was provided. In this picture, this is really a brutal picture. Yeah. Uh, it, this, this is well, not a pleasant picture. It's and, one of those exclusive ones, right? Well, you've got to make a choice, just like when we were doing Matthew. You've got a broad way. You've got a narrow way. You know, which mountain, which covenant are you going to be a part of? The, the brutality of it, though, is what's happened here with Hagar. And, you know, through oh, most of my life, as I look the, back the at this story, out at yes, the end of, a, the end of yes. our reading. Well, that actually the whole story of Hagar. When I look back at the stories of Abraham as I've grown up, I, I've had the tendency to try to kind of whitewash everything Abraham did. I want him to be a hero of faith. And so, you know, he, he did all these wonderful, great things. But what happened here with Hagar is not a wonderful, great thing in any step. It, mm. there's, there's no part of this that is wonderful yeah. and great. There is the there is the stepping away from God, but there's really the atrocity that he has brought against another human. Yeah. Because and it and actually the Paul paved the way for this story in his statement in the last paragraph about they make much of you, mm -hmm. but it's really not about you. It's just about them. Mm -hmm. And when we walk through what happened between Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, here is Sarah that cannot have a child. Right. They've had a promise from God that they're going to have one. And so now they've decided they're going to come up with their own plan about how to have that child. Right, this, is, right. this is the child born according to the flesh, not according to the promise. So they're going to work on their own fleshly strength. And Sarah has this idea, you know what? We'll lift up Hagar, Hagar from being more than a slave to actually being your concubine, to being your wife. That seems to be a place of honor. 
but it is not because it is still just a place of slavery. And Sarah acts like what's going to happen is Hagar's going to have this child and the child will actually be her at Sarah's and Abraham's and will actually actually be a free child, Right. but not. This child is still Hagar's child who has been brought into this relationship because of slavery. And this child is just a slave. And so here's this thing where she has made much of Hagar but not for a good purpose. Mm. It's actually more about Sarah. Yeah. And yeah. and then in the end, she turns around and mistreats Hagar, mistreats Ishmael. None of yeah. it works. It's a terrible, awful situation for everyone involved. And ultimately, yes, the part you brought up a minute ago is ultimately the slaves, Hagar and Ishmael, get driven out. They yeah. don't get to inherit. Yeah. When you try to make a child through works of the flesh, I'm using yes. these pictures in this image, it's not going to be a child according to the promise. And so Galatians, don't go back to that. Exactly. You, you, you think that you're going to be lifted up to this higher position, but you are not. You will be cast out. Yeah, yeah. As a slave, it will not work for you. You think you're being made much of, you think you're being lifted up, but you go back to the law, you go back to adding those things in, thinking that's going to make you a better Christian, it is not going to help you. It's going to yeah. be bad for you. Yeah. That is the lesson. That is the lesson to take here and not to go back to the law of Moses, not to pursue these Judaizing uh, doctrines, and not to fall prey to the teachers themselves. And uh, this whole idea about casting the bondwoman as we go into the fifth chapter, uh, there's going to be even more emphasis about this slavery, but you have freedom and you need to be free. You Mm -hmm. need to be free. Um, God is so good. And we have this wonderful blessing of the covenant in Christ, and and we need to take hold of that and never let go. Now, we're going to talk more about freedom in Galatians 5. It's going to be a beautiful picture moving past some of this this hard stuff to talk about. It is hard, and I I appreciate what you're talking about with with Hagar, too. One of the things that I'm always struck by in Genesis is is how even in that very difficult circumstance, uh, God brings comfort to Abraham as well as Hagar and as well as Ishmael. Oh, yeah. You know, to provide for them. In the specific story, even she and Ishmael are provided for by God and his grace. And then in the gospel, there is this invitation for all people, including even the descendants of Ishmael and everybody else, to come be one in Christ and all be sons of God in Christ. Yeah, in specific, she was provided for, but... She, but Ishmael was not a part of that promise. It wasn't. And if we go back to the law, we will no longer be part of yeah, the promise. That's, right. that's just all there is to it. Yeah, that's the so let's hang on to the promise. Let's go ahead and wrap us this week up with a prayer, brother. Yeah. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you that we can study your word, uh, even passages like the end of this fourth chapter with, with allegory and lots of different imagery going on. Your message comes through to us, and it comes through clear. And we are thankful for Jesus Christ who died for us and rose again. We pray, Father, your blessings upon everyone listening to the podcast today that we might draw closer to you in your word to be better disciples. We pray, Father, for Sunday and the opportunity maybe to to meet folks and influence them with the gospel. We thank you, Father, for for, uh, wonderful highlights and and hallmarks of life like anniversaries. And Thank you so much for Edwin and Marita and pray blessings upon them, their relationship and their family. You're just so good to us in so many ways, and we thank you for it. We want to honor you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. 
check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.